0: Welcome back to Grid Iron Campbell, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by the entire collective, the disciple. Brett Colson, Donnie, DP Peters, and the Resident Moose himself, Mo Nuwara. I was going to lead with Brett Colson going four-and-one last week, having a good week in his top five, yet having his top pick vetoed out again, moosed again for the other side in that game, which was absolutely brutal. But I have to start with the resident Moose himself who slipped a certain piece of silverware onto his ring finger this week in Chicago at the WSOP circuit in Hammond. He's a horse champion. Raz semi-specialist shouts to Mickey Doft. Monowar. congratulations on the victory, my friend.
1: Thanks, buddy. If on only, his birthday. On his B-Day. If only we can keep the birthday run good going this weekend. But um, spoiler alert, we're going to need it.
0: <laughs> well, you're coming to us on how many hours of sleep? Long PLO session. The PLO games get wild in Chicago. How many hours of sleep? How is the game? What's going on?
1: Oh, yeah. Two hours of sleep. Man, it was crazy. Game wasn't great for a while, but then dude came over with uh, about 2,500. I think he usually plays in the big game. For whatever reason, he just wanted to drink and blast off in the small game, and uh, yeah, he was raising and re-raising every hand, (laughs) pumping up every pot, and then uh, finally, I started ISOing him and with some good hands that I finally picked, oh man, yeah, a game got wild. People were multiple hands where people were all in multiple people were all in for like 500 plus pre flop. And it just got crazy. And I don't know, we, we did all right, but we didn't get any sleep.
0: No sleep for the weary Bert. Let's get back to the football. You missed the recap pod on Tuesday. Go ahead. Give it to DP as much as you want. I mean, how angry are you at us? The, well, the- you guys, you guys don't learn.
2: <laughs> we'd be, we'd be what t- top one fifty right now. If we don't veto Brett's picks. Yep. Now I've got a pocket full of vetoes to fire off as I please. God damn it!
0: Oh, DP, I feel like you have not answered enough for your sins last week.
2: Well, you guys were all—you guys were all a part of it. He doesn't fire yeah. that veto if you guys all don't have the Browns in your top five. He just doesn't do it. Yeah, I know.
3: I, I agree, but Rich is also trying to mask the fact that he royally screwed up with the veto a couple weeks ago, which makes just your dumping veto all the all the veto hatred on me.
0: Which makes your veto even worse. After that's I'd-
3: fine. I'll take it. I'll take it, because you're soft, and I'm not. I will take it for the both of us. You're
0: the you're the guy. See, I jumped off the bridge, and then you jumped off the bridge after me. Like, you had the results of... I
3: jumped off the bridge after you to save you, okay? <laughs> I tried to save you. This one was way worse, because it was, it was the ultimate leverage veto. It was the other side, yeah. But that's why I did it, because we were so high on them. We were all, so uh, the three of us, uh, were so not, high. Yeah, not all of us. No,
0: yeah. Uh, the majority. Yeah, that's, that's brutal. A somewhat
1: interesting. It's okay. St- I don't have much use for $1.4 anyway.
0: <laughs> I mean, come on, how, how much is it really after taxes, guys? Not that much. Uh, Mo, the only non-Brett Colson on this podcast with his veto remaining. We'll see if any are fired today. I don't think so. There are 13 games, if you exclude the bye teams and the Thursday night football game, and of those 13 games, we have eight, total them, eight consensus picks. Oh, wow. Don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. My heart says it's a good thing. We are 21-11-5 and five in consensus picks, picking it a clip of 63.5%, and looking at everybody's top fives, uh, Only two top fives have something that is less than a majority game. And nobody has a lone wolf in the top five. So a split contest is the highest that reaches anybody's top five. And that's where we will start. The split contest that reached two members' top fives. And that is Bengals at Chiefs. DP is the highest in this contest. He is laying the six with The Chefs, is also laying the six points, but has it at the bottom of his power rankings, giving it a two out of 13 confidence points. Brett nearly put the Bengals on the card, and I put the Cincinnati Cardiac Cats on there as my last pick on the card, nine out of 13 points. But we'll go to DP first. He's the highest in this game. He just watched this Kansas City offense shred his New England Patriots, only to be stolen at the end by Gostkowski. And them boys, DP, why do you love laying so many points in this spot with Kansas City?
3: I mean, every single bone in my body tells me that this is the Chiefs by two touchdowns. Andy Dalton in primetime in Arrowhead Stadium. I, I, listen, I want to love this Bengals team. I do, but I'm going to go with the greater sample size, and that is the Bengals just being the Bungles more often than not in really big spots against Better teams. Um, I, I just, you know, it, it to me. The, I'm, I'm starting to just think that the the NFL these days is it, defense just doesn't really matter at all. I mean, I know I know we say that a lot, but I'm really thinking that it just doesn't. So I'm going to go with the better offense, and the better offense here is the Chiefs. Um, I think that there's just enough propensity here for for Andy Dalton to screw things up and allow the Chiefs to pull away. Um, as much as they need to to get the cover, I mean, I am a little bit uh, weary. That's what seventy seven percent or something like that are on the, on the Chiefs. But I mean, sometimes you just got to go with the chalk.
0: Seventy seven percent line up with Joe Public, Mo. You also had this, but like I said, you have it low. What you got on this game?
1: Well, this is a bad quarterback. Well, media he's not bad. Best in Arrowhead at night. Um That's not going to go well. And then, despite the personnel, for whatever reason, the Cincy defense is somehow bad. I don't understand how it's this bad, but it's bad. They just keep getting shredded every week. I mean, at what point are they just bad? I think we're there. And, uh, yeah, I just don't like their chances on either side of the ball. So I could definitely, I could definitely see the, uh, the Chiefs rolling here.
0: This is a massive letdown spot for the Chiefs after playing their Super Bowl on Sunday night football. People have it burned in their retinas of Tom Brady running across the sideline to basically pass the torch to Patrick Mahomes with that handshake as the clock hit triple zeros. I go back a couple weeks, and the Chiefs were only minus 6.5 against the Niners. So you're telling me even with Jimmy GQ... This Bengals team is only a half point better. I just patently disagree with that. And uh, just to revert back to the stock low aspect that Donnie was talking about, is the Bengals stock is now back to a penny stock just because they lost a a one-score last-second game against the Steelers. Everybody is thinking just like DP is. Oh, same old Bengals. Seven straight losses to Pittsburgh. This line is just Way, way too high. I don't know how the Bengals are going to get stops, but I have no clue how the Chiefs are going to get stops. Their defense continues to be Swiss, 28th in overall efficiency. Still no Justin Houston for that unit. So I think this line is just a pinch too high, maybe a point or two. And uh, yeah, I got the Bengals on my cards, so I obviously like them. Bert, what do you have on this game?
2: You know what's crazy? I'm not a trends guy, but the Bengals have lost eight straight On Sunday night football under Marvin Lewis
0: primetime Dalton.
2: That's crazy. That said, I'm still buying into this Bengals team uh, as a playoff contender coming off a really disappointing home loss, a game that they probably feel like they should have won, but I think they're going to get up. They're going to get up for this one. this is a team that they could ultimately see in January. Uh, Kansas city is still overvalued. Uh, They're undefeated against the spread. The public is all over them this week. And I just I like the spot for Cincinnati to rebound, and like you said, it could be a lo- really good letdown spot for the for the Chiefs.
1: They're undefeated against the spread because they won't fix these lines. Well, the line's- Chiefs should have beaten the Pats on the road, and yet somehow I feel like if those two teams played tomorrow, the Chiefs would still be plus three and a half.
0: Can you just patently say they should have beaten them on the road, though?
1: Dude, they settled for like fifteen field goals.
0: Right, that's because they played bad. And you know, through a pick six. Like Pat Mahomes played no. played bad in that game.
1: No, that's he was bad one. in the
0: first half for sure. You can't watch that game with two eyes and not say Patrick Mahomes had a bad first half. Uh,
1: no, he just had some tough plays, but
0: what? Come on, he played bad. Like he's he's a young guy. He's allowed to play bad. He played bad in the first half. It happens. You know, like I still think he's Canton, but he played bad. He missed some throws.
1: Yeah, he definitely did, but.
0: You counting on that again?
2: Uh, In the same spot, yeah. I'm not... But if they play again, I'm not so sure.
0: You know where I stand. I think the Chiefs are better than the Patriots. But uh, in this spot, it just seems a couple points too high. The Bengals have an offense very much with a pulse, and their coordinator is pretty sharp. I continue to trust in bill laser and- someday you guys will come to KC
1: with me and see how drunk this crowd is and you'll understand you'll you'll finally understand and you'll you act it.
3: like we don't come from places where they actually have good fans
0: yeah <laughs>
3: right like like new york buffalo and boston yeah you, it you, doesn't
1: matter science proves not like miami san
3: diego it. and like yeah. freaking i don't even know where over here
1: Hey, science proved Arrowhead's the
0: loudest. Science in this thread. Let's move to another split game. Speaking of the Northeast, speaking of Gang Green, we are split on Vikings at Jets. The Jets are three-point home dogs. And the person with the most conviction in this contest is, once again, Mr. Donnie Peters. He's taking the home dog. They bubbled his top five. GP, what do you got on gangrene in the spot?
3: Um, I think that they're a bit better than than people want to believe them to be. Um, I feel like their defense is, is good. Um, I mean, it's not great, but it's not bad. Uh, I feel like their offense gets a little bit better every single week, and that's something that I personally like to see out of a team uh, throughout the course of a, of a season. I mean, they they have Sam Darnold, the rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, he just – he looks like a little little bit better and he doesn't have to look a lot better every single week, but just a little bit better as the, as the season progresses. And and then on the other side of the ball, I mean, I'm just not very high on the the Vikings this year. I just, I don't, I mean, they're good. Um, Don't get me wrong, but I don't think that they're great. Um, I don't think that they're as highly touted as we wanted to believe um, myself included, but uh, I think that this line is just a little bit too high. Um, for for them to be on the road, so I'm just going to take the home dog here uh, when the public is on the other side.
0: Yeah, I'm the other one on the home dog here, and it kind of hurts me because I I don't think I'm living in a world where the Jets can win three straight games, but this seems like an okay matchup for the Jets. Vikings, like DP said, have been sneaky bad, especially on D, 25th. On pass defense. They've really missed Everson Griffith. He's one of those things where the defense is like an ecosystem, and if you take one little thing away, even though it seems on the surface not to be that important, or it seems like it's one out of 11 players, once you take that out, the whole concept falls apart, and without them being able to get pressure with their front four, the back has really struggled to cover. In addition to Griffith's absence, Linval joseph Andrew Dejo have not practiced this week in addition to Daniel Hunter on that defensive side. And on the offensive side, you got Riley Reef, offensive lineman who hasn't practiced. Dalvin Cook downgraded from a full participant to a DNP. So not even from limited to DNP, but just straight full participant to DNP on Thursday. Obviously, the Jets aren't without injuries as well. They continue to be a triage unit, especially on defense and in the secondary. Marcus May, Tremaine Johnson, Buster Scrine all trending towards not playing this feels like it could be a sneaky shootout and I would put the Jets higher if I knew what their offensive plans were going to be if I knew Bates was going to continue to let Sam throw the ball last week 9.3 yards per attempt on 30 attempts he had the highest ranked performance by PFF but will they continue to let him throw I don't know so I can't put the Jets higher. If I knew that they were gonna go out and throw the ball, I'd be a little bit more confident, but I'm not. So I have them in the middle of my card. Uh let's go to Mo. Mo, you clicked the Vikings. I was a bit surprised by this, but you put them low. What are you seeing here?
1: Not much. Um Thought this line was pretty fair. What uh oh this this the spikes D, yeah. It it worries me. Um They've been underperforming. And then obviously you already brought up Everson Griffin, but then also Daniil Hunter. So that's their two like best pass rushers by far. Now, I Actually do agree that the Jets match up okay, but the line just looks overall pretty fair. Like the windy conditions looks like 16 mile per hour winds uh forecasted here.
0: Doesn't uh, that hurt neither the, team doesn't run that hurt, the ball much. Doesn't that hurt the Vikings more, the
1: wind? The, I'm not really sure. Neither team can run the ball much, but like, I do think that although the Jets have a good pass defense, mainly like their secondary, um, the Vikes do have the type of receivers that can actually beat it just because they have the type of talents that can exploit the rules to the max, basically, where you're, you just pretty much can't cover them. Burt, what you
0: got in this game?
2: Yeah, I mean, the injuries are are definitely in play, and that's why I threw this near the bottom. Uh, But the line moved a full point after the Jets won again last week, so I think we're getting a little value on the Vikings. Even though I typically like to fade Minnesota on the road, I I like the spot here. Um, Yeah, and and the wind is going to be interesting. I would have liked the over in this game too, like you, Rich, but the wind is – it looks like it's going to be in play here. So uh, we might get a lower scoring game than – we would have originally thought
0: yeah my note my last note was this should be a track meet but then i looked at nflweather.com and I i did see those those massive wins just last pin in this contest in terms of the line basically what this line is saying at three in the super contest is that the cardinals who were plus 10 last week in minnesota are only a point worse than the jets and i just patently disagree with that i mean that team was so that team's so bad that Thursday night performance was, but ugly. The final split game is a contest between two NFC teams that have had recent success, that have recently played in the Super Bowl, one winning it, one losing it. It's Panthers at Eagles. The Eagles are four and a half point favorites in Philadelphia, and I'm the highest in this game, so I'll lead it off. One of the first things I said in the chat this week was and I said it on the podcast as well on Tuesday, I was surprised that this line wasn't higher. Eagles coming off of a decisive win on Thursday Night Football in an island game, and the Panthers really looking awful on the road at Washington. This line has moved to five on pinnacle, so we're getting a half point of value even though it's a dead number, so it's not the most important point. Like I said, Eagles coming off of extra rest, and this Panthers defense is a sieve f- 21st overall and against the past. And we couldn't really see Washington take advantage of it last week. They were without Jameson Crowder and Josh Dogson. and of course Alex Smith isn't the type of guy that's going to push the ball down the field vertically, but I do trust this Doug Peterson led Eagles offense to push the ball down the field. Another couple days of rest for Carson Wentz. I really think that they can carve up this Carolina secondary. And on the other side, the Eagles are stout where the Panthers want to be strong. Panthers want to run the ball. They're third in rush offense, DVOA. But the Eagles are third in line yards up front on the defensive end, 12th in DVOA. Bennett, Cox, Graham, Nada. Good luck running against that front. I think this is just a bad matchup for Carolina, and uh, I like the Eagles even though the number's uh, at a dead number. Um, have this in the middle of my card, uh, middle of my top 13, so not on my card, but not in the top five. Couldn't get there, but still like the Eagles in the spot. Uh, the other gentleman on the Eagles, DP and I agree on all these split games. You had it as a two out of 13, so not too confident. Anything you want to add there, DP?
3: Not too much to add. Honestly, I just feel like this is a pretty fair line, and I really... Don't want too much to do with it.
0: Brett and Mo, you both had this at a three out of 13. Brett, why did you end up clicking on the Panthers?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't
2: have much here because it was a coin flip for me. Uh, the line moving in favor of Philly, but I don't think Philly is as good as market perception. I still think people are, are buying this team as the Super Bowl contender they were last year. I'm just not sure they're there. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I loved Carolina in this spot last year, and... I got ripped to shreds on that one. So I'm probably I I don't trust myself with this game, so I throw it at the bottom. Mo,
0: anything to add?
1: Yeah, like Brett said, um, how many times do the Eagles keep underperforming until we figure maybe they're just not that great? I mean, uh, the last
0: time we saw them, they did far from underperform.
1: It's the Giants, though. That's what I mean. I was gonna say, like maybe that was just Eli just being the woe. Like I do like that. Um, Philly had extra time to prepare for like a with a sharp coaching staff here. Um, it's weird because like you think the once again super windy conditions forecasted here would favor Philly because they have the better O line, but it's actually the Panthers who have been more efficient running the ball, which is a little surprising. I just don't like really know what to think here, but I did think the line was pretty fair. Uh, So. I'm just going to take a decent number with the Panthers, but we'll not be betting a real American on this game.
0: No real American dough from Mo. All right, let's get to the Lone Wolves. <laughs> Brett picked up an, lone, an extra Lone Wolf. Wolf win last night taking the Denver Broncos as road favorites he ticks up to 4 and 3 on the season we are 17 and 16 in Lone Wolf picks. Last week we were 2 and 1, Brett was 1 and 1. Of course that one was a massive one with the LA Chargers. Donnie was 1 and 0. Oh. Not a big week. Four lone wolves. Brett doesn't have one on the main slate. DP doesn't have one as well. So it's just Mo and I, and nobody has one higher than a five out of 13. And that's Mo. And I can't believe he did it. He did it again. He marched with us with this team two weeks ago, laying a big number on the road. Then he came back, put them on the card, the other side that is, and then is back to laying big points on the road, with the Rams. What's going on here, Mo?
1: Okay, um, a couple thoughts on this one. So, obviously, 49ers are on short rest here to prepare for probably the best team in the NFL. Definitely the best offense. Um, You know, that, that game against the Packers was interesting because the 49ers actually were able to get pressure on Rodgers like pretty consistently. And that impressed me that they were able to do that. Their defensive line played really well, but I just don't think that's going to work against this Rams O-line. Like this Rams O line is the best in the league. And when Goff is going to have time to throw, he's going to be throwing against pretty much the Nutlow secondary. I mean, right there with the Chiefs and I, I just don't think that's gonna go well. Uh, Rams machine should be rolling here. We were super lucky to get that cover with Denver. I think if you fire, this is my, this is my gambling advice, to the people. I think if you if you like the Niners and you want to fire them, I think the play is to parlay it with the over because, like, the only way I see them covering is in a shootout because I just cannot see any way they're going to get stops here.
0: Bert, you are the highest on the other side. You actually have the Niners as your very last pick in your top five. Tell Mr. Nuwara why he's incorrect.
2: Yeah, this feels like too many points. I think this is going to be a shootout. Uh, The Rams' D has underperformed this season. Notally, Marcus Peters has been...
0: Horrific. Well, he is bad. Marcus Peters is bad. I don't understand why anybody ever thought this guy was good. He has been terrible this year. And up front, they
2: haven't been able to stop the run or get to the quarterback. It's pretty baffling. Uh, Yet this team is still unbeaten because of the efficiency on offense. So there's always that concern that they can rip off 45 points and win by 17. But the backdoor is always in play against the Rams, as we saw last week. Thank you, Case Keenum. And I think the Niners have enough firepower, even with C.J. Beathard under center, to get it done. Uh, two offensive wizards here. It's I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be a fun one, and I think the, the Niners are going to keep it semi-close, especially towards the
0: end. The most baffling thing is that note you brought up about the defensive line for the Rams, 26th in adjusted sack rate. Like, what? what's happening here? Why, why aren't Sue and Donald dominating up front? And at a minimum, if they're not creating the pressure themselves they're forcing these interior double teams to at least let the guys on the end feast at the quarterback but it's just not happening I don't I'm very confused by that and I'm very curious to see if that will uh regress back to what we thought would be uh, a more normal pass rush from LA DP you also liked the other side in this contest, but you've got it in the middle of your card. What you got on San Fran here?
3: I mean, I I think San Fran's going to be able to score um, just a little bit what I talked about earlier, just the lack of being able to really play defense. Um, I mean, we know that the Rams are good, but I think that, just given the way that a lot of these games are playing out this season, uh, just with the new rules, the new offenses, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's just really hard to cover when you get up around nine and a half, ten, 10 and, you know, you start getting to these really big spreads. I think we've seen that the past couple of weeks with the Rams specifically. Um, like Brett said, I think that CJ Beathard and company are going to be able to move the ball. Um, I mean, Enough that you know it's going to be a, a relatively a close game. I mean, relative to the spread at least. And then if if not, backdoor cover wide open here with getting nine and a half.
0: I have this very low on my card, just a three out of thirteen. And this is what I'm now coining as a blackjack game, where it feels gross. I don't like it, but there are certain rules that I I just cannot uh, break. I will not refuse. I will not allow myself to break some of these rules. And laying nine and a half on the road in professional football is a rule that that I just don't want to break. I don't, I don't want to be on the other side. That being said, my biggest fear in this game and why I could see the Rams covering is a point that Mo brought up. This feels like the Heisman MVP game for Todd Gurley. You know, when a uh, a lower college team you go on the road and you're just the only purpose in that game is to get that guy 200 plus yards and four touchdowns that feels like what this could be for Gurley against an average defense that was just so close to pulling out a miraculous win in Lambeau but at the very last second they had their hearts ripped out of their body now they're on a short week they could be completely zombies, like get down 10 nil and just kind of, I hate using the Q word, but like not give full effort. And just with this kind of Rams offensive line, everybody's talking about Gurley. This Rams offensive line is absolutely moving mountains. So this could just be a get the lead and run straight game for the Rams. That's my biggest fear.
2: Do you think it's it's the Rams? It's talent up front, or do you think it's more scheming? I think I think it's just more scheming.
0: Well, it could it could certainly be both. I mean, we know we know coaching really matters in this league, uh, and one of the things that the Rams do that teams, I I just I don't know what you what how you're supposed to defend this is they love after getting a first down. I feel like I've seen this a dozen times. I don't have the data, but it's just uh just something I feel like I've noticed. After they get a first down, so they don't start a drive like this after a kickoff return or after a uh, a punt return, but after getting a first down with their offense, I feel like they run that jet up, that jet action sweep so often because it's like I don't know. I guess the, the defense is tired or they're not ready or they're not set, and they just run this jet action sweep and they just get 12 yards, whether it be Cooper Cup or Brandon Cooks, and they just. Rip off twelve yards on first down and get another first down. It's just like when you're when you're doing things like that and just getting chunks with what seem like effortless chunks. Like guys don't get touched on those running plays. It just has to be so demoralizing for the defense. The, McVeigh is a wizard. He really, really is.
2: Yeah, he's coaching a different sport yeah. than everybody else. It's, it's amazing. amazing.
0: It's wild. Uh, the last lone wolf, my lone wolf, don't love it. Two out of 13, I had to pick the game. Those are the rules of the game. So because the market moves to three and a half, I clicked Bucks minus three against the Browns. Just clicked it, stuck it down there. I think these are two bad teams. I don't know what to think about this game. So I got no idea. Apparently I'm wrong. You guys all love the Browns, at least Brett and Mo love the Browns. So Moe. Tell me why you love Cleveland. I have no opinion here whatsoever. Why do you love why, Cleveland? Why do the Browns got to be bad? They're, they're, Well, they're certainly not good. Let's put it that way. Average at best.
1: Why can't they be at least just average and decent? Who they, says they're bad? Like, why are they bad?
0: Because uh, they just had two home games where they could muster. How many points did they score these last two weeks? Ten points a game at home.
2: Yeah, yeah but who are they playing
0: this week? Yeah, they're play- This is the get right game. This is if the Browns' offense has somewhat of a pulse, if they are living, breathing human beings, then they should be able to score points. I have no evidence of them putting together four quarters of living and breathing. However, when you've got what something, Rashard Higgins, they just played something, Rashard Higgins getting. I- Rashard Higgins could be wide open and get 20 targets this week and catch two of them. Like that is within the realm of possibilities.
1: You mean Antonio Calaver?
0: Yeah, that guy too.
1: Um look at these defenses they just played. Um, and then you turn around and you look at this Bucks team. First of all, they're already horrible. On defense, this is this is the nut low defense. The Chiefs are Easily to my eyes better than this Bucks defense, which is scary. And then on top of that, we have Gerald McCoy and vinnie Curry not practicing so far on the D-line, which is like the one spot on defense where they look all right on paper. Uh Browns D absolutely shredded by the Chargers run game last week, but Tampa can't run the ball at all. Um, and so what are they gonna do? They're gonna come out and pass on what actually has been like a pretty decent pass defense. Um, in, you know, with 13 mile per hour winds whipping no less. Uh,
0: Brown's pass defense I, looked excellent on those back to back deep back to back deep posts to Tyrell Williams last week. It looked real good.
1: I mean, they're still ranked highly on the metrics, and I still think they have good players who cover well. So, not to mention, they have Miles Garrett and that decent. Pass rushing D line. So, yeah, the this Bucks team is just so bad. I just man, when I saw this line, I was pretty blown away. I'd be a lot more confident if it didn't move to three and a half. But as it is, I still like the Browns. If we were getting the hook here, it's easily be my top play. And you know,
2: still
0: like it. Still like it. Bert, what you got? Yeah,
2: this is the week we hammer the Browns. Not last week. This week. Coming off a loss, road dog against a bad football team that the public can can we say road dog
0: when it's three points? That's like one of my biggest pet peeves in the fantasy community is when they say road dog and it's three points. Like that's not like a true dog. It's even
1: well we win if I understand but they're not lose by one, so they're an
0: underdog. But it's not a real underdog. Go away. I don't know what you're talking about right now.
2: Yeah, road dog. 61% of the public on Jameis, and we get the better quarterback for the Browns going up against the worst pass defense in the league by far. This line was Bucks minus 1.5 when it was posted last week by Westgate. So, again, it's an overreaction from one bad week when the Browns played a good football team. Uh, Great bounce-back spot for Baker. I can't wait to watch him pick apart this defense all day. I, I love this spot for Cleveland.
0: Who is he picking him apart with?
2: Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, Duke Johnson. He has weapons. They
0: don't play Duke Johnson. Well, <laughs> you know, you can't throw to a guy that's not on the pitch. I don't know. I I have no trust in this Browns coaching staff whatsoever to do the right thing.
2: Nor do I. But I, do I trust Tampa Bay to do the right thing
1: either? Yeah, Tampa Bay's out here firing people mid season.
0: I don't know. There is no outcome in this game that surprises me. So that's why I just went with the market and stuck it at the bottom.
1: Money bet line.
0: D P anything on the Browns or can we move on? They
3: were in my top five, but I got scared of the market and now they're at the bottom. Wow.
0: Top five to the bottom that quick. It was
3: it was one of the it was one of the games that I, I really liked, it just initially looking at that the you know, the 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 spreads. And then I was just like, you know, I don't know this market this market move just to move it off 3 is it's strong it scares me maybe there's something I'm not seeing I don't know yeah, the I'm Browns, scared
0: The Browns suck that's what it's that's what you're not saying
3: Yeah trust me I know I watched them for the past 2 weeks I watched every single snap of the ball that they played <laughs> but this Bucks team is not that good either
0: All right let's get to the cards. not a lot of contention this week so quick and short again I don't know if I want to love it but I don't know if I do We all have consensus picks that we're putting on the card, except for Mo, which I'm sure by now you might know what team he is putting on the card. But first up is Burt, 4 1 last week, had his pick vetoed. And I don't think you're getting this one vetoed, Burt. Give us the road dog that we all knew we were going to end up sweating this weekend. Play the song. Play the song. What song is that, Bert? The Bills
2: make me want to We've got the Bills plus seven and a half at Indy. This line is a good two or two and a half points off to me. Uh, The look ahead line on this last week was Colts minus five and a half. All the Bills did was play great defense and get an easy cover against Houston last week while the Colts got shredded. And now the line is seven and a half because an inefficient rookie quarterback named Josh Allen isn't starting. This line is wrong. Again, the Bills are being undervalued. They are a pro football team. Third in defense DVOA in the league. Second against the pass. Matched up here against a one-dimensional offense that throws the ball on 70% of plays. The Bills front seven has looked much better than it did early in the season. And the secondary has been phenomenal. Already the biggest uh, biggest strength coming in. Great spot for the bills here and somehow we even get the hook on a key number this is one of my favorite plays of the entire season so far and i don't think it's going to be all that popular in the contest because of the uncertainty at quarterback with derrick anderson under center the bills make me wanna i hate that i have to sweat this for the contest i like (laughs) to watch my bills games without having an actual sweat
0: i mean who's clicking derrick anderson nobody (laughs) only us DP, like I said, consensus pick, but you are the lowest on this contest. Give me your your fears, buddy.
3: My fears are the. Listen, I want to like the Bills. I had them initially a little bit higher and just moved them down throughout my process. But my fears are that the Bills have played pretty good football um, the past couple weeks, so I'm just a little bit worried that we're due for you know the bills to actually show up, at least the bills that start off the season and they could just totally suck. Um, but like Brett said, when he started off, I mean, to me, this line is, you know, two points off, if not a little bit more.
0: My two biggest notes were made by Brett. Look ahead line was five and a half. And there's nobody on planet earth that can tell me that any quarterback that is living and breathing is two points worse. What is that? Than Josh Allen or Nathan Peterman? Not a single one. You could bring out an FCS, FCS, I'm not talking bowl series, FCS quarterback. Stick them behind center. Not going to be two points worse than Josh Allen or Nathan Peterman. And beyond that, if we get into a negative script, if we need the backdoor cover, two things. We're getting the hook on the full touchdown, and the Colts are 24th in pass defense DVOA. Not only are they bad, but they play this soft-ass cover, two that even Sam Darnold threw 80% completions against. There's no pressure. There's wide-open, easy throws, which is exactly what we're going to need from something Derek Anderson. Mo, you also had this on your team card top 5 just like Brett and I put a pin in this contest.
1: Well, my concern here is Derek Anderson's last year where he had triple digit pass attempts was 2010 and he also had seven touchdowns and 10 interceptions. I mean his
0: his arm is fresh.
1: <laughs> oh man. Kept it on ice. I just like who did he have who's nudes did he have like (laughs) on ice i mean i just don't know how he had a job for that long without doing anything uh i'd really trust this bill's defense but as i have for for some time i am a little concerned that the colts might perform better on offense by by a good amount this week with marlon mack rounding into form and ty hilton coming back like they're definitely going to have a lot more punch. So
2: is, is T.Y. back? Wasn't he limited in practice on Thursday?
0: I
1: thought he was playing.
0: He was downgraded from a full participant to a limited participant. So he did not get removed from practice entirely. But yes, he was downgraded on the injury report on Thursday. So something to monitor.
1: Yeah, if those two play, like they definitely have a lot more punch. I like the Bills, but it, it scares me. Derek Anderson scares me, I'll be honest. So they might be a little lower on my card than they should be, but they're still on my card, so I guess let's just roll. This is my squad, this is my horse. Nobody. Derek
2: Derek Anderson could be a disaster, but how would that be any different than the first 6 games of the season? Right. Like this is the same offense.
0: Yeah.
1: Nobody so, in this universe probably
0: has backed the Bills more than I have this year. 2 points off of the look ahead line. Two points through a key number. Not onto a key number, through a key number. It's a beautiful spot for Buffalo. All right, Mo, we just talked about it, but officially, for the people, put this stupid Browns team back on the card. God damn it. We got the Browns. How
1: can Tampa Bay be minus three and a half in a professional football game? Someone has to explain this line to me. Stop doing this
0: to me. Stop doing this to the people. Um, I Stop making me sweat this Cleveland
1: team. Baker is going to eat, like Brett said. Eat.
0: The Browns were
2: great for us two weeks ago. You just ha- we just have to have them in the right spot, and this is a great one. <sighs> you, Jackson.
1: How many pizzas do you need to lose to me before you quit being a fish, Rich?
0: I mean, I was up before I donated pizzas last week. Horrible. I was plus EV pizzas before. All we needed was one more Peterman pick 6. I mean, that's that's really what I was capping for.
1: Yeah, you needed multiple pick 6s and multiple
0: touchdowns in the kicking game. Kareem Jackson almost did it too. Chat would have exploded. All right, I am third. And I initially had an NFC East team as my top play. But then the market scared me away. I still like that NFC East team, but I moved them down for another NFC East team. Guys, last week I was punched in the face by a reverse line move on a public dog, a public home dog. And I'm going to go the other way this week. I'm going to lick my wounds and go to the other side and take the Giants plus 5.5, the Monday Night Hammer, against the Atlanta Falcons. There are a massive amount of people betting on the Falcons. 66% but the line is moving the other way. It is now four on pinnacle. My first note, reverse line move AF. From a narrative perspective, well let me get some numbers in and then I'll go narrative. The, The biggest weakness for this Giants team has been their offensive line and the inability to protect for statue Eli Manning, but it's something that Atlanta is not going to be able to take advantage of. They're only 28th in adjusted sack rate on the defensive front, and their defense as a whole is a triage unit. We've mentioned it many times. They're missing a quarter or a third of their players. Uh, In addition to that, first injury report came out yesterday. Calvin Ridley and Mo Sanu missed the first recorded practice session, so something to keep tabs on if they are ruled out or trending towards that direction for Monday. On the other side of the ball, the Giants' D, which has been bad, 27th in efficiency, according to Football Outsiders, they're the healthiest they've been all year, and they're coming off of extra rest. Olivier Vernon back, and they get those three days of extra rest after playing on Thursday last week. Now I'll go to narrative, though, after making sensical, thoughtful arguments in favor of the Giants. This, to me, feels like Eli's last stand. Go out against the 29th-ranked pass defense, absolutely shred with OBJ and Saquon Barkley. Can't you see Jason Witten waxing poetic about future Hall of Famer Eli Manning as Booger McFarland buzzes up and down the sideline on that stupid little rover and awkwardly interrupts the process the entire time? This feels like Giants... Outright Giants money bet line. Give me the five and a half. Let's go. G men. Who's the lowest on this game? Looks like the lowest is Mo. Bubbled your card, made everybody else's card. What are your worries here, Mo? Well, if I'm the lowest,
1: I guess we're in good shape here. Um, well, my, I have, like you said, you already brought it up. I have a major concern from the Atlanta side. Without Sanu and Ridley, if those guys don't play, I just like really don't know what the Falcons are going to do. The only thing is, I told myself I was done fading this team at home. the The splits are insane. This team, when they're in a dome, is playing miles better. They just nobody can stop their offense. But like I said, if Sanu and Ridley are hobbled. They're in definitely in real trouble. Um, When I first saw this line, I was actually blown away how low it was. I was like, how are the Falcons not like minus seven in this spot? Where I actually did think they should only be like four and a half. But that was before I looked at the injury report. And I could totally see this one being just a terrible line. And like the Giants coming out and, and really, really competing and doing well here. They do match up okay, like they have Landon Collins back there to help out against Julio, and this Atlanta team, they can't stop anybody, so Eli could actually get off here, like you said, and we know Barkley's going to get off.
0: One of the things I feel really good about is that Bert Minotti is 5-1 against the spread when selecting Atlanta Falcons game. So I was very happy to see that you not only had the Giants, but you also have them in your top five, Bert.
2: Yeah, I don't get this line at all, and it's it's already down to four on Pinnacle. Like, are these two teams basically the same?
0: Feel Spider-Man, and, Mimi.
2: Yeah, and, like, the, the Giants now actually have a pass rusher with Olivier Vernon back, uh, get some pressure on the quarterback. This line is too points off, at least to me. Atlanta is an infirmary right now. And I don't think the public truly recognizes how beat up they are. They're piling the Falcons here, and the line is going the other way. This is, I I really like this spot. DP, this was
0: your top pick. Sniped it from you, kiddo. Love the spot. That's why it was going to be my top pick. All right. So what's your number two pick? This is cringeworthy. This is cringeworthy for me. Yeah, the, listen,
3: honestly, it was my number one pick, but then I thought, you know, my record picking these games isn't that good. So maybe I'll put it number two and I'll just I'll see if it gets on the card if someone else takes my top pick. But I, I'm i taking the Bears plus three at home. Uh, it was 74 percent, 75 percent are on the Patriots. As road favorites, uh, this line opened at three. It's now two and a half. There's tons of hype on New England after they got that big win last week uh, against Kansas City, but this defense to me is just still very bad. Um, I mean, anywhere outside of that defensive line, the linebackers are not that good. Um, I a lot of people want to give Hightower a lot of love after last week, but, I mean, Mahomes threw that interception right to him. He didn't have to move, and he just looks super slow out there and can't cover sideline to sideline. Um, the... the the defensive backs don't look good at all. Giving up big plays, still all over the field. Um, McCourty specifically, uh, Devin McCourty there, um, playing center field, just looks uh, you know older by the day. Um, but uh, I think that this uh, this Chicago offense. I mean, I think what Matt Nagy's doing, they can move the ball enough to to be able to keep this one uh, pretty close. And then their defense in Chicago, especially at home, I think is really good. Um, I just really love having you know a home dog on the card. When when you pick a home dog in in the Super Contest, sixty three percent it's the 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 winningest uh, play you can make. Um, I just anytime I can get a home dog like this uh, where I'm getting value again. This line is now two and a half, so give it to
0: me. Like I said, all consensus picks except for the Browns on the card, but nobody had the gumption to put this in their top five, save for you. DP Mo, you were the lowest at a six out of thirteen. What is your concern in this game?
1: Well, my concern is the possibility that Khalil Mack is either not playing or not even close enough to like being a hundred percent to where it's even a factor that he's out there. Um, you saw <clears throat> the bracket launcher move the rock on this defense and that wasn't a fluke and it's because their biggest weapon wasn't able to be out there and be himself i do like the bears d outside at home with the pats coming off a big win donnie did bring up my biggest um thing that i like about this game which is i do really believe in this bears coaching staff and what they can scheme up against this pats defense that's what makes me think they do have a good shot here but i i think this line's pretty fair so i don't know market disagrees with me so hopefully the market's right market's usually smarter than some idiot from Nebraska.
3: <laughs> I'm not sure you can say that that rocket launcher moved the ball when the, he got two 75-yard touchdowns from Albert Wilson taking it to the house. I don't really... I think those are more anomalies
0: than someone actually moving the ball for against sure. the defense. For, okay,
1: that's true. That is a good point.
0: Yeah, for sure. That That's one of the points that I made. And this is, to me, classic stock high, stock low. You had the Patriots slaying the oncoming threat to the throne in prime time in an island game. And then the whole world... Watched on the red zone channel, the Bears blow their own dicks to smithereens against Brock Osweiler. So massive stock high, stock low, everybody back on the path, seventy-four percent. Yet the market is going the other way off of a key number. But I just I don't know, I just I did not have the gumption to put this higher than a seven out of thirteen. Brett, you had it at the same spot, seven out of thirteen. What do you have on this game?
2: Yeah, this one's interesting because of the uncertainty with Mac, who has not practiced yet this week. Uh, I think this line is exactly where it should be for the contest, but I do lean Chicago coming off an embarrassing loss to Osweiler with everybody watching, and the market does agree with that reverse line movement. So the Bears on offense have a lot of speed, and I think they can exploit this Pat's defense, especially those linebackers. Uh, I wanted to like this more, but the blinders prevented me from putting it on the
0: card. Need Jordan Howard to get less than 10 touches.
2: Yeah. Right? Why is he even on the pitch? (laughs) He's been (laughs) plodding. Like
1: that's
0: all he's
2: ever done.
0: He's as ploddy as you can plod right now. Need Tariq Cohen to catch 15 passes. Right? Not a running back. Don't run him. Literally just do the James White thing with Tariq Cohen. Run these easy. Wheel routes and circle routes that are impossible to guard, especially with these old, slow Patriots linebackers.
2: Just watch the tape on Kareem Hunt last week and do that.
0: Yeah, 100%. Matt Nagy. Did he coach Kareem Hunt last year? Am I remembering that correctly? Feels like he did, right? That happened. (laughs) Oh, boy. Let's go. All right. The collective pick. Finally spit out a winner last week after struggling a bit to start the season. Started the season with a win, then put two consecutive losses, then two consecutive ties. (laughs) And then finally another win. Two, two, and two on the season. Let's oil her up and see what she can spit out. (laughs)
2: The collective chooses is the Washington racial slurs.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Is that new? That was great. <laughs> okay. So we all want to at least love Washington, correct? Consensus pick. That's correct. Yeah, they
1: made this lineup. I
0: d- I don't. What's happening here? Minus two in the contest. Pinnacle has moved to a pick. What are, What's happening that we're not seeing? Can anybody... I
3: think that, no, Rich, I think this is just you, like you said last week, middle finger to the market. Just big double birds from all four of us to the market.
0: What is this? <laughs> We've got a Cowboys team. So, first of all, look ahead line from last Tuesday, which is something that... Uh, I want to. We have this matchup doc. I'm just telling the three gentlemen now. I'm going to add this look lot the look ahead lines in the future because I think it's very useful. Yeah, look ahead line was minus three. Okay, let's start there. Cowboys absolutely blow doors at home as home dogs against the Jags. Complete snowball game. Jags had no chance after maybe ten minutes of this contest. But across the country, in the DMV. Washington took care of business, beat the Panthers by six. Yet, this line moves in the contest one point in the other direction. And somehow, in real life, IRL, three points in the other direction. I don't, I don't get it, guys. I don't. What, what am I missing here? Somebody, within the sound of my voice. Bert, what am I
2: missing? I to- we talked about this on Monday. This was the game that popped when the Lions first came out. I thought it was a misprint. I'd penciled this in as my top play on Monday. And the more I looked at it and the more I watched this line move, the queasier I felt about it. I, I don't understand what's going on here either. And that's why I just kind of threw it in the middle. I, I, I'm nervous about this.
0: I'm nervous too. Not going to lie. But I'm also I, not nervous because what is
2: this line?
0: I know. You look at this game, you're like, Washington
2: should be favored by a field goal.
0: Mo, you and went, they were last week. Mo, you went double birds to the market here. Third pick, 11 out of 13.
1: Yeah. Cowboys stock absolutely soaring. Like you said, overrated Jags team at home. But Alex Smith isn't the type of guy who's going to give it away. Like bottle service. The weather does worry me a bit here. Uh, if it's really windy and a bit ugly out there, I would seem to favor Dallas for sure. But is this team multiple points better than Washington? That that makes absolutely no sense. I, I don't understand, first of all, where they got this line. I never saw a two um, on Washington. I think it opened minus one, and that was... the. Only line I saw now it's down to a pick, but Washington is the side with the lean since it's like minus 117, it looks like. Um, yeah, I'm gonna bet Washington I don't agree with this line, and but but the line move it's it obviously sucks for us. Like, on the other hand, might keep some people away, and uh, market was completely and utterly wrong on washington last week
0: i don't think anybody's clicking washington in this contest i
3: think that's it i think that's what what the super contest tried to do they you know this line was at what was it one and a half earlier in the week i i i bet it earlier in the week i actually bet it already at one and a half so um i'm already in um I'm just a little bit worried on the market. But let's say mm-hmm. an, in a vacuum, as the line is right now at a pick, if you saw Dallas at home, mm-hmm. minus six against the Redskins, aren't we all just all in on the Redskins?
0: Every penny.
3: I mean, I that's what – yeah, I, I'm just – for whatever reason, like – like Brett kind of you know mentioned, is that I'm just scared of like something here that maybe we're not seeing what, what's happening. You know, maybe some they know something we don't. But
0: yeah, is this the Tannehill? I, is is Alex Smith just going to be out when we wake up on Sunday morning? What's happening here?
3: Yeah, but I think like like most said, you know, just the fact that this is it's two in the Super Contest, but it's now a pick. I think a ton of people in the contest are going to be picking Dallas because of that. I mean. They're getting a lot of value there, and then that's going to help a big leverage play for us. Um, so hopefully, you know, we can gain a lot of ground if this goes the way that we all expect it to.
0: So, from a football perspective, two biggest worries for me. Mo one, Mo brought it up. Is this the biggest fear for me? Is if this turns into a run straight game for the Cowboys? They obviously have Zeke, and they're creeping up in rush offense DVOA. They're up to ninth on the other side of the ball. Washington is thirtieth in DVOA against the run, but they were very stout last week. The caveat to that being is the Panthers were a negative script from the word go. So it wasn't even like Carolina could get themselves into good running position to take advantage of that Washington rush defense. So I want to believe, though, in the personnel. That, that said, I do trust football outsiders, so I can't just turn my back on that 30th rating. So a little scared of that run straight factor for the Cowboys. And on the other side of the ball, these weapons for, for Alex Smith. Last week, we had... P. Rich, no Josh Doxson. Feels like it's going to be flipped this week. P. Rich has not practiced, but create a player. Josh Doxon might be back. Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder, yeah, missed last week. He's going to miss multiple weeks. One thing I did see, you know, did you guys know Michael Floyd is on this roster? I did not. And he's not getting burned over some of these randos that are getting thrown out there in three receiver sets. Um, Yeah. Those are concerning. The market's concerning. But I have to trust my gut here. The Washington racial slurs are not a point less than the Dallas Cowboys.
1: This is our squad this year. The Bills are my squad. Yeah. But the collective squad is definitely Washington. We are definitely much higher than the rest of the market on Washington.
0: So here's the card. Four consensus picks and a majority pick. We'll go from the order that they were selected. Burt put his hometown, beloved Buffalo Bills, plus 7.5 on the card. They're traveling to Indianapolis. Mo put the Brownies. Wouldn't be a collective card without the Brownies. Plus 3 on the road against Tampa Bay. I put the Giants plus 5.5 Monday Night Football against the Atlanta Falcons. DP added a home dog. Bears plus 3 against his beloved New England Patriots. And then finally, the collective machine spit out the Washington racial slurs minus two against the Cowboys. One consensus game that I want to discuss briefly that I think we should have loved more is, and I'm going back to the well, the Tennessee Titans.
2: No, no,
0: Brett. No, you can't sit on this podcast and talk about look ahead lines and not see that the look ahead line this time last week was minus three
3: for I get the Chargers.
0: It. There, I understand. There, but it's this, this game is in London. There are no results save for massive injury that can move a line three and a half points in pro football. This line is way too high. Tennessee is I, I agree. way the right side.
2: I agree. But I'm not touching this because <laughs> Of where this game is taking place and I don't know what these players' travel habits are. I'm just it's an auto stay away for me.
0: Auto stay away. We should have loved the chart. We should have loved the Titans here.
3: I, I really also do. Auto stay away. What's that? Also auto stay away for me. No, just come on, guys. As Moe would say play in the we, NFL. Why can't you just put this game in a normal place?
0: Well I don't think it's really if anything it more negatively affects the Chargers because they stayed in Cleveland all week. So their routines are way screwed up. Like Tennessee to London is not that bad of a flight in 2018. It's kind of like them playing a West coast team. Really? So if anything, it should even push you closer to liking the Titans more. So, uh, None of these other, I guess Raven Saints is another one if we want to touch on briefly. Another consensus pick Brett really loved, but nobody else had a lot of, conv- well, I guess DP had it on this card as well. Uh Anything you want to say on that game, Brett?
2: I actually woke up this morning liking this one a lot less than I did last night because the Saints are coming off the bye and this line has moved quite a bit from where it was last week when it was listed as a pick. Uh, but that was also right after the Saints blew doors on Monday Night Football, so it's, it's kind of flattened out. I think we're still getting value on the better team at home here. Baltimore is so good on defense, and there are no leaks on this squad on that side of the football, especially now that Jimmy Smith is back. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the value. I like the number. Um, a little nervous about fading Drew Brees in this offense right now, but I think it's a, a pretty good spot for Baltimore.
0: In the old method, this game would have replaced the Browns game. So all four games, uh, all other four games would stay the same, and this game would be on the card instead of the Browns. We like the home dog. All right, I
1: would say... Go ahead. Uh, yeah, this is a good spot. Like Brett said, breeze outside with high winds. It's... Uh, I feel like I should have liked this more, really. Um, what what I would tell the people is, my, my bonus pick for you, fire under 50 here. Under 50.
0: Yeah, what is that total? I mean, both these... Def- uh, uh, the So the total, probably not take into account the wind. One. And both these teams should be able to score, right? Just offense is better than defense, so Saints should be able to score. And Saints defense is awful, which should allow bad Joe Flacco to score. So if if there was no wind, I think this would be a high-scoring affair.
1: Yeah, this just feels like a slugfest in bad weather, potentially. And with this Saints offense that performs much, much better inside, I I think this totals definitely a few points too high to me. And... I don't know. Like I don't fire tons of totals, but the last few years being pretty selective, I think I've done pretty well on them, and I I like this one.
0: So here we go, boys: Bills, Browns, Bears, Giants. <laughs> Racial slurs. That's the card. Follow these guys on Twitter at Brett double C O L. S-O-N at Donnie underscore Peters and the ring winner himself at Monora N-U-W-A-R-A-H. Go ahead and download the SharpSide app in the App Store if you are an iOS user. Pick some games, check the leaderboard, leave some advice nuggets. If you don't already, please subscribe, rate, review the podcast. It really helps us out a lot. Best of luck to you in your betting ventures this weekend. Let's go 5-0, boys. See you Tuesday. Peace.